0: Pod. My name is Lexi. And I'm Sarah. And we're a podcast by students for students who've been through undergrad, are going through application processes, and are here to meet you wherever you are. Hi, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Lexi. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I've had a crazy two weeks. I know we didn't get to update our listeners on last week of what was going on with me. I know I stole the show. Which is fine, because rightfully so, you incoming PA student, like, Jesus oh, Christ. Whatever. whatever. You're the craziest interview story I think I've ever heard in my life.
1: I still can't get over it. I, I'll never get over that one. I'm going to be telling that one forever. But I'm going to be telling people. You, I want to talk about you. Tell me about your new job. I
0: know you're working in dermatology. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, Sarah, I had a brief period where I was like, I had a, I had a life crisis. Um, I don't know if I talked about this, but like two weeks ago or a few weeks ago, I, I quit my job, you know, at that previous job that was horrible. And then I was trying to find a new job and it's so hard to find a scribe job that will pay me a wage that I can afford rent. And I really wanted to become a scribe again, you know, 'Cause I, I love the experience and I wanna be in like the healthcare realm again, at least before I go into medical school. And every time I call like a uh, you know, I get an interview with just a medical scribe facility who wanted to interview me, they'd be like, Oh, we can offer you minimum wage and I'd be like, But I have all this experience and here you know, my my incoming wage preference is, you know, a lot higher than that. And they'd be like, Oh no. No, no, no. The experience is way more valuable to you.
1: i like the well, biggest bunch of bullshit I, I ever heard. I can't heard. live. I can't buy groceries. Shit. Your daughter's recommendation is not worth my apartment.
0: <laughs> like I I was literally I had to move. I have moving expenses. I have to like afford my I have I had like went into a little bit of credit card debt for my secondary applications I was like yeah. oh my god I can't find a job and I have a degree in microbiology and yeah. I was thinking of doing like my research lab but then they couldn't hire me because that fell through and then you know what I, literally before I found that germ clinic job I had applied to like Chick-fil-a they were paying I was $18 gonna say, an hour. didn't
1: we talk about
0: Chick-fil-a that. <laughs> I applied to all these server jobs and I got declined from like half of them.
1: It's because you have too much experience.
0: Yeah, it
1: literally is. They're oh not going to hire you. You're too, you have too much going for you that they know you're not going to stick around.
0: I know. Should I have written that I was applying to medical school on my server <laughs> application? I thought Did it you make me- actually. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Lexi I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I was like, oh, they'll be like this girl's smart, she she'll know what to do. No, she whenever someone asks
1: me you. like what's your 5-year plan? I'd be like, I don't really know yet.
0: Oh my god. Ugh.
1: okay, but but you yeah. You made it. You have a yeah. job.
0: I literally got that job in a day. Like I got the call in the morning. I w- they were like, when can you come in for an interview? I said literally right now. I drove down there like that second and I showed up, I was like, what's up? And they interviewed me. And then they had me do like a working interview, which is just shadowing basically for two hours. And yeah. then they hired me and I started that Monday. And I moved that weekend and started Monday. It was like all so fast.
1: Oh my gosh. But
0: I absolutely love it. I miss scribing so much. And these people are so kind. And they That's know my good. name, Sarah. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. <laughs> I, I know, I talk to them about this all the time. They're like, like the providers would be like, this is my scribe, Lexi. And I'd be like, oh my God, I'm going to cry a little. <laughs> they never did that, the ER. I they was going to say, this is my listeners need a
1: backstory. She was scribing in the ER. No one ever knew what her name was. Like none of the providers. No. They had like very little respect for her as a person.
0: And I've it was been very there a year. weird.
1: Yeah, it was really weird. Because her and I would like trade scribing stories. And like, I'm so happy at my ER. I love my providers. I know all of them. I babysit their children and I'm their dog sitter, blah, blah, blah. And like she was like, yeah. they don't respect me as a person. Oh my gosh. I just remembered a story. Oh no. I don't know if we're allowed <laughs> to talk about this on the podcast.
0: We'll just say it and we'll see if we'll need to cut it. Okay. Okay.
1: Here's the tea. <laughs> One time I'm hanging out with Lexi and she goes... So I did this thing, and I think it was like kind of bad. And I was like, "What did you do?" And she goes, "Well, I volunteered to be like the human body for the provider's ultrasound class." And like, please tell this story of how you like ruined everything.
0: (laughs) Oh my god! I totally forgot about that. Bring up trauma. I think I totally blocked it out. I okay, think so the I backstory. told you to
1: block it out.
0: <laughs> I... Oh
1: my god. This is <laughs> when her. she
0: was working in the ER. Yes. So, I... And we'll maybe cut it out if I think about it after I sleep. <laughs> yeah, you can think it over. So, I was a scribe, and they were looking for volunteers, like volunteer scribes, to do ultrasounds on. And... I volunteered to do it. It was like one of these evenings, and literally, almost like a lot of the ER physicians that I worked with were there. And And she
1: thought she literally said this to me: "I thought it would help make them like me because I was volunteering (laughs) for their thing." And you know what they did? They put her on a freaking table naked, and they (laughs) ultrasounded her and treated her like she wasn't even there.
0: Yeah, and then they all okay, they all saw my butt, you guys. (laughs) <laughs> oh i
1: died when i tell you i like i've never been more
0: angry <laughs> i think that was an accident because i like actually turned over but it was like one of those like white plastic tables like it wasn't even a hospital bed or anything no it was, it was like in like this conference table. room it was a folding table they just like i laid on it Ultrasound in my eyeballs, they, they ultrasound in everything, you guys. And I'll leave that up to your imagination everything, everything. everything. I had no idea what to expect. Um, so anyway, then she had a... to
1: go back to work with them
0: and be their script the next day. And that doc, like all this, oh my god, I mean, they're professionals, I mean, you know, well, whatever. <laughs> I was no. like, well.
1: Okay, but here's my public service announcement because I actually had one of my scribes. I used to like manage my scribes and one of them came to me and was telling me that one of the providers we work with asked if she'd volunteer to be the person that they ultrasound for one of her ultrasound classes. And that was like a couple months after Lexi told me her horror story. And I was like, do not do that. Do not volunteer to do that. And I told her your story. So here's our public service announcement, guys if you're ever asked to volunteer for this and it is with doctors who you are going to see on a regular basis, like you work with them, that is not the volunteer opportun- opportunity for you. It just, it's not. Don't do it. Because <laughs> what did you gain oh from that, Lexi? What did you gain?
0: Nothing. I totally forgot about it. I didn't even put it on my med school app. I didn't even put, I didn't put it anywhere. No one knows about it. That <laughs> was just a night that I forgot about like Sarah I totally did not even I was like what are you talking about I was like oh oh my god um so anyway that's our public service announcement my scribe job now is really awesome and no one's seen her butt there and no one no one is (laughs) oh my god Sarah I can't (laughs) oh my gosh no it's great dermatology is definitely different it's still very fast-paced though like, I was quite yeah. surprised. They were like, oh, you work in the ER, so it'll be, like, the same. I was like, what? No. <laughs> but no, we see, like, 35 patients a day. They have 15-minute appointments. And, like, yesterday, I saw 10 patients within 30 minutes. Dang. And I was That's like. That's crazy. This clinic is very. That's popping. They, they, like, do fit-ins every day. They see like, a lot of patients wow and i'm now scribing like on my own yeah it hasn't even been it's been a week and i started scribing on my own again like this week because you're a pro um yeah i just did they um i never send like prescriptions or general orders or i'll i do other stuff like only in the er we only did the note and yeah. so i'm a master of the note but i was like prescriptions ah oh my god yeah Pharmacy. But now you're a pro. You got and it all. I know it.
1: <laughs> so yeah, well, it's I'm definitely great. so excited for you. I love that you have this new job. And honestly, guys, I'm gonna make <laughs> us stop talking because I love our episode that we recorded today. We got to speak with Ryan Rivard and he's from the Vitally Stable podcast. Um, he talked to us all about PA school and the PA career and all of our burning PA questions. It's really like our first episode where we're really featuring someone with similar PA experiences and tons of PA knowledge. So I hope you guys really enjoy it and yeah, stay tuned. Hi guys and welcome back. I'm so excited to introduce you to our guest today. We're here with Ryan Rivard. He graduated from the University of Minnesota College of Liberal Arts in 2018 with a Bachelor of Individualized Studies in Life Sciences, Psychology, and Sociology. He has six years of BLS EMT experience, a year of ED Tech experience, and he was eventually accepted to Augsburg University in October of 2021. He's currently there pursuing a Master of Physician Assistant Studies from the PA program and a Certificate of Leadership from the Masters of Arts in Leadership program. Outside of school, his non-traditional journey into medicine inspired him to develop a strong passion for pre-health student mentorship. He hosts Vitally Stable, a pre-health podcast, as well as operates his own pre-PA mentorship group called the PA but it's like PAC. It's the PA PAC, but PAC, the PAC. Um, his mission is to educate pre-health students on what medical career options are available to them, provide them with the tools and information they need to be successful within the career path they've chosen, and tackle the mental health crisis that exists in the pre-health student population. So all things we love and we resonate with. So we are having him here on today, and I'm so excited to talk to you.
2: Oh, I'm incredibly excited to be here. I deeply apologize for making you read all of that. That was sounded <laughs> so much shorter when I wrote it. So
1: <laughs> no, it's, fine. it's good. It's informative. Everyone knows your story and where you're coming from, what your background is. I love it. Plus Perfect. you got that patient care experience riddled in there. It's very important to pre my application. Strength of my application, of
2: my application. Oh, yeah. has to be in there.
1: Absolutely. Oh, yeah.
0: It's what yeah. made you where you are now. Yeah, Ryan, thanks so much for joining us. And thank you for reaching out to us, too. We were talking a a little bit about this before we recorded, but, um, you know, we're just really happy to hear that there's another pre-health podcast out there who has a similar mission to us, who wants to help our students. And I was mentioning this, you know, if like medical school and PA school, if there was knowledge available, if everybody knew how to get in, and it was equitable and feasible, then there wouldn't really be the need for this podcast. And I would be absolutely thrilled, you know, because yeah. that's that's the dream. <laughs> but I'm just so thankful that Ryan here also has information out there to help like fellow incoming PA students get into PA school and you know, achieve their dreams, and we have we have the same mission. So we're excited to have you on. This oh, well, is great,
2: I am. I am just as excited to be here, and it's a lot of the same reason. You know, I I started what I did because there wasn't what I believed anybody doing what what you all are doing, and I know that we've talked about this off air quite a bit. But you know, I I have a strong belief there should be more leaders doing podcasts like this, sharing information like this, because as we're all accustomed to, this system is changing. It's getting harder. There's new things coming up, and we need people that are there to help. Are there to kind of yeah. normalize some of this stuff and just say what the world is right now and make our lives a little bit easier, which is really what we're all doing here. It's just trying to make some people's lives a little bit easier.
0: Yeah, I really like the way you you phrase that. Just oh, well, people's you. lives easier. <laughs> that should be an our new uh subtitle. Is that the word? <laughs>
1: Thanks, so. <laughs> uh.
0: Um so first off, I know you own the podcast Vitally Stable, a pre health podcast. Why did you start it?
2: So it's a wonderful question. I got a little bit of story for you. So this time I'll I'll do the talking. I won't make you read it. Uh, <laughs> uh. So the let's so it originally started with Vitally Stable it was actually called the Let's Chat series beforehand. So when I entered my career in undergrad, I actually entered in business, and I kind of kind of said that at the beginning. But like I was actually into video and audio production, and I wander on my own business in video and audio production. And I did well in the business world, but I just hated the nature of the world. I didn't want to have to compete against other people to find value to then gain money from that. I wanted to work with people to change people's lives and make their lives better and actually help the world a little bit. So I realized business wasn't for me. And switched into the sciences, but I had to do it halfway through my undergrad. So I, for me, it was about my junior year, early junior year, when I when I started my medical journey. And I had already done half of my college up to that point, and I was in the College of Liberal Arts, so I was not in a biological science college. So it added a ton of extra challenges to my journey, which made me kind of a unique story in the process. And. Obviously, we know the end result right now. But during the time period, there was a lot of times where I didn't know if I could actually make it to the end. And there's a lot of people that didn't think that I could make it because of the story that I had. And I started to realize that, you know, there wasn't enough resources available to help people like me, people that didn't know about science, that didn't start in science, that didn't have background in science to be able to get into science. Mm -hmm. And it just, for a while, I thought it was just me. Like, I'm just like, maybe I'm just the only one who thinks that way just because of my strange story. But as I started to get to know pre L students in the early parts of my story, I started to realize it's not just me, it's the whole system. It's there, it just isn't enough information about what people can do in medicine. And my perception of medicine early, just to be blatantly honest, I only knew about a doctor and a nurse when I first entered the my medical. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I the PA career was new. That was something I found out on the way, which is funny oh, where yeah. coming to me. But there's even more careers than that that even to this day I'm still learning about that I've never known through the podcast. But to kind of sum it all up, I ended up meeting with this one guy early in my medical story where he he was a friend, he was a, basically a relative of our person that worked around our family. So I got a connection at least with one medical person who was already made a medical school, and he had just made Rush Medical College in Chicago. Uh, And so he was willing to sit down with me and just talk about the medical career and what it entails and actually just help me someone who borrowed their time just to give me a little bit of a moment to guide me in my life. And he kind of changed the trajectory of my life, allowing me to realize not only is medicine the right career for me, but it also something I can accomplish if I put my emphasis and focus on these specific areas. And And then he made me make one promise at the end of that, which is really the point of why I'm telling you all that is at the very end, he told me that only thing he'd ask in return for the time he spent with me was I have to do the same for somebody else someday. And that turned into the Let's Chat series, which was my effort, my ability to try and start to educate people like me or people that were in the pre-health world on what medical career options were available to them. So we started out really like early Let's Chat series. I, I grabbed a couple of people I knew that had made DO school, made MD school, made PA school. And we just brought them in and we just interviewed them for like an hour and a half to two hours with like a couple people attending. Um, we did it and we did it through my old team I used to work for. I used to work for the University of Minnesota Emergency Medical Services. And you'll see with oh, nice. my podcast, that's the sponsor on our podcast that we have. They still support a lot of the work I do and they kind of gave me the platform to start. So they are our official sponsor, but it was through that team we started Let's Chat series. And we had good attendance. It was cool, but it was a lot of work to put on for like four to five people to show up for a while. So we decided to try and put it into an audio format and put it out and see what it sounded like. And it ended up, I believe it sounded three, four times better in an audio format than a video format. And I started to realize that this information could be helpful to more people than just the people I worked right next to. This could help people across the country. Uh, So we decided to kind of do something with that. And so we originally yeah. turned the Let's Chat series into more of a podcast format, but then we wanted to not just link ourselves just to that component. We wanted to reach much more other aspects of pre-health. So that's where I partnered with my co-host. Uh, so Katie is my co-host. She's now pursuing nursing. She actually just made the University of Minnesota nursing school. So oh, she will great. be starting her career here pretty soon, but we partnered together and realized that we could hit a lot of different components of pre-health with the, the five prime episode types that we've created. So I could go a lot more into that, but really our podcast yes. isn't just guest speakers now. It now has become graduate student guest speakers, professional guest speakers, pre-health student guest speakers alongside education on how to be healthy in your process, how to you know approach the application. Uh, we have fun debates between heated topics. We try and normalize a lot of things in pre-health. It's kind of grown to be a lot more than what it used to be. And, and then from there, it spawned the pack, which was kind of a, a crazy side thing that we got going and realized I had a lot of PAs that were looking at my podcast because of my story. And I yes. thought I would help them on a more personal level. So we've kind of off sh- shoot, finally stable into the pack. Uh, so it's kind of just all been this rolling ball that's grown into what it has been, but all started with just one person making me make a promise to help other people and me having had a similar experience.
0: Sounds like very similar stories yeah
1: honestly which is crazy we all kind of like we all kind of were like hey this is the issue that I have how can I fix it for everyone I I really appreciate that in you Ryan that Mm, you also saw not the opportunity to fix something for yourself but the opportunity to make a difference for everyone Mm. make a change for everyone that's something that we're constantly trying to work on is how can we make this helpful for more people Mm -hmm. a resource for the whole world not even just the united states like how do we take this global how do we do this yeah so i think that's awesome
2: thank you it's been a lot of fun to see where it's taken me and and it's cool to talk to other people in that same realm uh and it's just awesome to even just be here thinking about how far it's just grown from that original meeting with because we we started the let's chat series in december on december 2nd of 2021 so it has yeah. been a little ways since then. And to now have, you know, we've reached an incredibly large listener base. We're in over 35, 40 states now. We have at least one listen. we actually have started to have some listeners in India. I've had reports nice. of parents coming in telling us they appreciate the knowledge just as much. So we have a new like listener type of group. It's just been just yeah, really to see cool. the support. Uh, and I can't imagine, you know, if we can see where it goes from here, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. So are you, you're currently in PA school, right? Correct. <laughs> and when does, the, is the laugh, when does the program, when are you exiting the program?
2: Yeah. So I graduated in September of 2024. Uh, okay. So for, for all listeners out here, I'm in my second year. So I just started yes. my first rotation. Uh, so I'm nice. actually out in a slightly rural emergency room right now doing my first clinical rotation. So it's definitely been an adjustment to figure out how to work and do all this other stuff that I do at the same time but it's it's been tremendous and I've gotten to even learn some things that we're we're writing content for the podcast based off even just what I'm learning in my rotation so it's (laughs) that's awesome but it has been a big adjustment and it's an adjustment both you two are going to be making here pretty soon as you transition (laughs) into your own program of what it's like to balance all these passions between us and what we want to do to help
0: you I mean Sarah God starting on January.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't remind me. I'm scared. I'm as scared as I am excited. <laughs>
2: yeah. Be excited. It's you. You will have your moments that you can be scared and it's a good thing, but be excited right now. That's living the joy until you, until you get started. Okay.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I just can't believe it's happening so quickly. Like I, I don't know. I kind of had it in my brain that I would get like one last Christmas Mm. But with the Mm -hmm. program starting January 5th, it looks like there's no Christmas (laughs) Mm -hmm. because we got to move out there pretty soon. And it's just crazy. It's not at all what I expected the timeline to look like for me, but it'll all work out and I'm excited.
2: Never is. My, My own story. I got one interview and it was my top school. It was my only ever interview and they accepted me on my first interview. So like wow. my, I'm, that's literally sometimes, what's
1: happening to me right exactly. now.
2: Exactly. <laughs> it it just takes one, just takes one school to believe in you. Ah, and it's your whole funny journey though. starts.
1: Now, like I have an acceptance and this week I got three more rejections and
0: I was like, <laughs> doesn't matter now. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Meanwhile, I got rejected from the server job I applied for yesterday. <laughs> oh, <stop.
1: laughs> you don't you even know how to respond to that. Anyways. <laughs>
0: I know. I I have a different job. I work in a derm clinic now. Um, Better job. It's a better job. Yeah, like I had gotten that derm clinic job last week. I talked about this already, but like, (laughs) and then I got that server job rejection. I was like, oh man.
2: (laughs) Hey, they're missing out.
0: Anyway, so what specialty are you interested in going into? It's a great question. Uh in the PA world
2: it's a little bit different when it comes to considering your specialty because yeah. we have so much ability to move around between careers that we're constantly told all the time to not lock ourselves into one thing. That's uh right. and so like I have things that I think I'm going to be better at, but I mm-hmm. haven't chosen an area yet. Um I my whole background is emergency medicine, so of course emergency medicine is on the table, but there's just some components of the work life balance of emergency medicine which might not fit my future of what I've pre- you know, foresee for myself, but yeah. I like family med. I like the idea of working with patients multiple times and actually seeing them get healthy. Um, being able to be part of that process, so that's yeah, kind of, of one that I'm looking at. Uh, if I were to pick a body system, it'd be cardiology. Love the heart. Fascinated by the heart. So that would be that one. But honestly, like I said, I really am trying to not lock myself down into anything. You know, and. There's some rotations I think are to be harder than others. I got my surgery one in two months. So that's definitely the one that is going to be probably the biggest shock for me. Um, but you never know, you know.
1: That's so exciting. That's making me really excited. I can't wait. Good. Uh,
2: you should be excited. Keep it.
1: How crazy <laughs> is it, though? That like it's yours is a 27 month program, Correct. if I'm remembering. Yeah. Yep. Okay. How crazy is it that in 27 months it's over and you're just thrown into it?
2: It's in the moment. It doesn't feel crazy. Like right now, it doesn't feel crazy because we've just our past year and a half of my life has been hardcore work. uh, And and you'll get a feel for that of just PA school is just fast. It's very fast. Um, But thinking back on my whole journey, it's, it is a little bit crazy. I mean, I, I have moments constantly in the emergency room right now where like nurses are looking at me. And like, yes, I'm qualified to make these decisions, but it's also like uh, of experience, 20 years of experience. Should I be the one making these decisions? And it's definitely some of those moments which have kind of grounded me a little bit of like, it yeah. is pretty crazy how far I've come.
1: Oh Absolutely. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh. I remember when I was scribing in the ER, we had a bunch of PA students come like see what was going on because we were a rural ER Um, on the Indian reservation so everyone wanted to do a rotation with us to get that kind of cultural training Um, this is over in Arizona and I just remember seeing all those PA students and thinking that's never gonna be me it's gonna take so long and now it's like a year away maybe I'll be in those same shoes it's so different
0: it's It's so different like the just the MD perspective I'm like i don't even know when i'd be in attending <laughs> my 30s oh my depends god depends on what
2: specialty you choose
0: oh surgery yeah. so yeah <laughs> well then you gotta surgery. wait, you gotta <laughs> <little> wait. <laughs> yeah something in surgery or infectious disease now but- i'm not really sure <laughs> oncology <laughs> i don't know about oncology
1: <laughs> she changes her mind all the time sometimes i wonder why she's not going to pa school a good point.
2: <laughs> but you can change your mind now, uh, as long as you have it set in the future for your path. You Absolutely. <laughs> oh my
1: God. Okay, Ryan, I want to know your opinion on this. Something we'll I like do it. very, very often is when people are telling me their story on this podcast, and they're talking about their journey to medical school, I often interject and like, so why don't you go be a PA? What's the deal? Ooh, why I love not? It. Love it. <laughs> so I kind of want to just like, Share more about being a PA because absolutely. I haven't gotten to talk. I don't think we've gotten to talk with a PA yet. No, this is our first PA student.
0: Yeah, We're thrilled to I have, did have.
2: Not you. know that. So <laughs> well, I gotta, I I gotta tidy up here like, real quick. Okay. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah. We should, we gotta talk more about the PA because anytime you're like, why not? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> well, so so in this I'd gap for me.
1: Educate and just share what being a PA is. Absolutely. So. For, I have my memorized. It's not memorized. I swear. Response that I practiced for my interviews. So, why PA Ryan?
2: Great question, and it, it's an incredibly important question. And for all the your PA listeners, you will get asked this question in your interview. And yeah. I'm sure you got asked it in your recent interview as well. Oh, like yeah. it is one of the most. It's like the number one question in all PA school interviews. But for me personally, it comes down to. I always say, like, it comes down to how I pictured my life. Uh, it. I had a deep respect for all the professions and there was a part of my life I was actually pre-DO and I thought that was going to be what I was going to do. But as I started to think about kind of what I wanted to do in the future, it started to make more sense that the way that the PA job is structured, the way that you can actually operate the job is more fitting of the life that I wanted to have. So that's the larger picture. Um, So for me, I I want to I have a wife right now. i have married to my high school sweetheart. I've heard that's A similar story-ish. Maybe not married yet, but
0: like (laughs) me, (laughs)
2: yeah. Uh, Thanks for catching
0: on. (laughs) Exactly,
2: but for me, that's an incredibly important piece of of my life. Is I want to be there for my family in the future, and kids are on the horizon. I also have a ton of passions that I want to pursue, and I wanted a career that would sustain me, that I'd feel accomplished, that I feel like I worked hard to get, but not a career that would take up my entire life because I have so many other things that I want to do in my life, and. PA in most cases has a very solid work-life balance. You know, it's one of the ones that's known for that. On top of the fact, I'm kind of an indecisive person. I, you kind of got a feel for that with your first question earlier, if I couldn't even tell you an answer to my specialty that I want to do.
0: <laughs> that's benefit fine.
2: Of, yeah. Benefit <laughs> of the PA career is lateral mobility. It's probably one of the best medical careers for the ability to move around between specialties. I mean, I could work somewhere for 15, 20 years and then just switch out of the blue and go somewhere else. And that isn't yeah. that isn't me giving up on my and going backwards in my career that's actually just going to the side and trying something new. So that part fascinated me. I've always been fascinated with being a part of a growing career. There's just something really cool about being a part of a career that isn't at its peak yet. So I always found that fascinating with the PA career. Cause it's like, it, we did this on our podcast on over on Viley Stable, our second episode, we reviewed all the Bureau of Labor statistics stats for every, for we, we found 28 different careers and we went through and compared them all and ranked them all to each other. And oh. we were able to find that, PA was top five in both growth of the job and salary. And it's one of the few, the only other one that fit that same category was nurse practitioner. So those two are kind of growing right next to each other. But I just find it fascinating to be a part of it because even in class, our our teachers are telling us things that was different for them five, 10 years ago. And then now it's something that we're experiencing or we're learning how to do or there's a new skill PA's are allowed to do. There's a new scope of practice we're allowed to do and we don't even know what it is yet. So it's just really fun and energetic to be a a part of something like that in my career because I'm always learning and always being able to push the career forward. Um, And to be honest with you, I just, I'm a better fit for the PA role. Uh, I... The people that are the doctors, I give them the best credit. They're the smartest people in the world. I love them, love having them around. I don't want to be always the person who's fully responsible for every single decision in the room. Like, I like the ability to be autonomous in many ways. Like, I can make a lot of decisions, but there's somebody I can go to if I genuinely don't know what's going on. And as being someone who was a business kid for a lot of my life the science background is still something I'm learning that that is my weakness that I have to grow on a daily basis, but I feel like I'm a decent people person. I feel like I can talk to people. So I like that I can do that part of the job, but then have somebody who helps me be better at the other part of the job, but I don't need them. If I feel like I'm confident, it's just this really cool dynamic of how I'm allowed to work. Um, So I say those are probably the the biggest things, but there's a lot of things with the PA. That's really cool. It's a different job. It's, it's commonly compared to nurse practitioners all the time in terms of what the yeah. scope of practice is. The training breaks them apart. So if you ever yeah. get people trying to act like ask the difference between PA right. and NP, it comes down to the training, not what they're allowed to do at the end. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, in the oh, ER. and then
2: last Sorry. thing too, this is also, this is incredibly important. Sorry to interrupt you there. Uh, length of training. I, yeah. I oh, am yeah. someone who... I, I, made, I made PA school when I was 20, gosh, 26 or so. And I am mm-hmm. technically the average age for a PA student to make PA school. So it's yeah. usually it takes about two years out of college. But I have as a person that had all this patient care experience, that was the strength of my application was patient care experience and working as an EMT. It wasn't necessarily my grades. I had good enough grades. That wasn't what I was bragging about. It was all about my patient care experience. PAs usually value that a little bit more. Um, and for me, I was able to kind of, what I believe is rush my career to get to where I can actually support my family, do what yeah, I want to yeah. practice in medicine. Whereas if I had tried to do that same approach for med school, it might've taken me a little longer to make it. And now I've got an incredibly long journey where I'm not working my job until I'm in my mid thirties, which i gonna be honest with you all. I'm tired of being in school. Like
0: <laughs> 27. You. I want to be
2: out of school. I want to go work. I want to start practicing. I want to go miss and- miss school. Okay. <laughs> You MD <laughs> student, <laughs> I
0: really do. I'm. I was actually when I didn't have a job last week. I was like, I wish I was in college. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'll keep, so keep that as long
2: as you can because <laughs> it eventually goes away when you have 29 credits in the semester, which is what Seriously. I have.
1: Seriously. <laughs> okay, so you made me think of something when you were talking about the growth of the PA profession. Yeah. That's something that I researched when I was preparing for my interview. And like, I don't, some people may know this, but PAs aren't, aren't a global thing. Like there's not PAs in London. You can't go be a PA in England, kind of a deal. Um, not in I Canada. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, not in, in Canada. Canada. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah, they're,
2: it's starting to get there. People are starting to move. But if you ask a general Canadian, they won't know what a PA is. It's only yeah.
1: a US thing? It's mostly. Yeah. yeah. Well, so the United States like created it. But um, what was really interesting that I found out is that we somehow managed to convince Ireland to start a a PA program (laughs) six years ago. And this phenomenal woman went and did a research project on the PA program and where those PAs are now in Ireland. And the results of it have been so positive that they're expanding the PA program in Ireland to three PA programs in Ireland. And that gives me so much hope for the PA profession to just continue growing globally. And that maybe someday we'll be able to hop across the sea and like take a job yeah. in Paris and work as a PA someday. Cause I really think that this profession is the answer to the shortage of healthcare providers.
2: It's exactly it's- what I was about to say is it, we are a fix to a problem in the system and it's, it's a problem yeah. that only really PAs can start to fix You know, Hmm. the provider shortage is a real thing. And this is one of the biggest things you'll hear across the country. Yes, we need all providers to fill the provider shortage, but there's only one type of training pathway for a clinician to actually train fast enough to provide the providers to fix the provider shortage. And that is the PAs. So medicine is starting to change into this where the PAs are going to start taking a lot of the primary care which is a lot of where the provider shortages and the doctors are going to move to more of the specialists and everybody's going to be happier. You know, patients are going to get more time with their providers. Mm -hmm. They're going to feel better. They're going to get great recommendations to where to go. And doctors are going to be happier with their practice because they can focus on the thing that they want to do and not get patients they shouldn't be getting because there's people actually sending the appropriate people to those patients, to those providers. It's better for everybody.
1: Exactly. That's so interesting. Give the counter argument. I know you know it. (laughs) No, I agree with you. No, your counter argument, you brought it up like two weeks ago. Well, two episodes ago.
0: What's my counter? What did I say? <laughs>
1: but the real problem is that there's a shortage
0: of residencies for doctors. I think yeah, that so. is a big problem
2: too, though. That's a big problem.
0: I think, I think what Ryan said about there's a shortage of all providers just hits it right on the money because we need doctors and PAs. And I agree with you. I think, you know, not whether it should happen, but I think PAs, would you say more fitting the primary, like personally, to, I think I so.
2: Now I am yeah. obviously a PA student and it's hard to tell we're, this is what we're trained in class. So I could just repeating you what the training is, but
0: yeah, I mean, our
2: training is so much more focused on the general aspect of medicine. Cause yeah. like we do learn differentials. We do all that same practice, but for us, right. it's a lot more on like the initial presentation. If something gets really complex, that's when mm-hmm. we refer to a specialist or a consultant or a doctor. Okay. So for us, you think about primary care, people aren't going to their primary care provider to receive this specific diagnosis of this crazy condition that they have. Like mm-hmm. it, they're usually going because they're sick and they need a medication or they're going because they don't know why they're feeling a certain way. And they love a recommendation of where to go. That yeah. is perfect for the PA training. Cause a lot of, we're trained as general providers at our base level. We don't yeah, specialize okay. at all. We just go to our job and then they teach us how to do that job. And then we can practice that job, but our training is always as a generalist. So we, in my opinion, fit it better and we're paid less for that patient for the time that we're there. So we're charging that patient less for our care so we can spend more time with them, which is the biggest complaint in all medicine is time spent with your provider, which fixes a lot of problems.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, that, what you said, um, I envision, so I currently work in a dermatology clinic. Mm -hmm. I've only been working there for two weeks. It's been, but in those two weeks, I've learned like so, so much. Mm -hmm. And the way their clinic functions is they have one physician and then three PAs. Mm -hmm. And I've scribed for all of the providers and the PAs see a lot of like yeah, the general medicine, the skin checks, the less complex parts and, you know, patients coming in with like a spot here and there. And then my physician deals with more complex cases and mm-hmm. takes the time to really focus on those. And I really like the way that the clinic is set up and yeah, it just reminds me of everything you just said, Ryan. And I think if that's the, this sounds like a great setup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Theoretically.
2: And I'll yeah. tell you, Durham is one of the most competitive PA positions. So those PAs you're working around, they're probably incredibly happy. That's oh my god! The best yeah. Fields for PA.
0: They are absolutely like ecstatic. One of the PAs, um, she graduated only like I think two or three years ago,
2: hmm.
0: and she was telling me her story. Uh, she like rotated as a PA student in this clinic, mm-hmm. and yep. the physician just loved her or liked her or whatever, and hired her like after she graduated oh. and. You know, she was just started practicing, and she said it was a huge learning curve for her. Mm -hmm. Um, But the physician, like, was like there to help, like her and all the other PAS. And this this uh, doctor would tell me, like, you know, my PAS are are great, but I do have to fill in the gaps for them, and I do watch all of them. Like they're still assistants to me. And so I, I thought it was pretty interesting.
2: <laughs> it's, I will say with the way that our rotations are set up, there's kind of a cool aspect of my, my preceptors are all MDs right now. Like I'm going to work with a few PAs, but like mm-hmm. the people who are training me out there. They're all doctors. So yeah. the cool part is that they're prepping you for what they like. So a lot of times when we come out of our job, we can a lot of times assimilate right into our job really easily because we've been trained exactly how the doctors like to work with the PAs. Whereas sometimes when you get doctors working with doctors, that competition comes back where it's like, Mm -hmm. I got to be better than you because we're competing for the same job. Whereas a lot of times trained as a PA under an MD, you're, you're not competing for the same job. So they're going to prepare you to be the most helpful PA to future doctors. So it is a really cool, like I've kind of lived what you describe with your derm clinic for my rotations. My, I have a doctor Mm. I'm with. They'll send me into a room. I'll do the initial assessment. I'll come out, say what I think it is. They'll agree with me or not agree with me and then go into a quicker assessment. So they'll save all their time that they needed doing all this other work. And they'll come Mm. out and tell me what they think it is. And then I'm the one doing the follow-ups. So I'm, I'm routinely just saving the doctor time to focus on what their job entails. And I'm doing the parts that I'm trained to do. It just is best for everybody.
1: Yeah. Wow. The magic of PAs.
2: Isn't it? We're the best. I
0: love PAs. We are the best. I'm so excited. I like, I think I want my own clinic. I think I'm interested in outpatient. I'm just going to have a bunch of my little buddies, my little PA buddies. That's another
1: reason I want to be a PA. I do not want my own clinic. I do not want the responsibility. I do not want to have to deal with it. I just want to show up to work.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
1: (laughs) One of the most valuable lessons I learned in working in OBGYN was that I will never be happy being responsible for a clinic because I helped this this doctor like build up her clinic from the ground up. It was brand new. I was there opening day. I was with her wow. for six months. And then I was like, I cannot do this anymore. This is horrible. <laughs> this is the worst nightmare I've ever experienced. She was a great doctor. Absolutely incredible. Her clinic now is doing amazing. But the process of getting a clinic open God. and running and on its feet, all of the hoops you have to jump through, holy cow, I could never. I will just show up to work happily as a PA.
2: <laughs> and you'll go home happily at a reasonable time as a yeah, PA.
0: And leave it at work. I'm not exactly. taking it home with me. Oh man, I'm going to make my own website, a logo. We're going to do a little promo experience video for the that. clinic. I don't know if you you've done that before. You got this, Lexi. You got this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will cheer you on. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> yeah. Well, oh my Ryan. gosh! I just looked at the time. I know. Hey,
2: okay, well, I- I'm a talker. I'll take the blame. That's fine.
0: <laughs> Look at my little questions list here. You know, Listen, what- this is what
2: happens when two podcast hosts get together. This is this is what happens. We just
1: yeah, talk we're all for really good at chatting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god. Um. Well, I want to ask you this last question. which yeah. Will probably be a very long answer. Um, what would you change about the PA application process?
2: that's a wonderful question and I I mean this is the one I spent the most time on thinking about because there's a lot yeah. of things that could be changed but when it comes down to what actually can be changed or what should be changed it's kind of a different answer and yeah and you know you'll understand this a little bit Sarah the the PA schools are so different like so different so when it comes to changing something there is already so much variation and change within the way that the application is that it's it's kind of even more challenging to talk about change one because they're already just all so different. I mean, if you just compare, there's two schools in Minnesota, particularly between Augsburg and Bethel. And if you look at their requirements, they're incredibly different. Just those two schools are in the same state, but they look for completely different things. So this made it hard to think about for this question. But for me personally, I've had this one thing, just working with my pre-PA mentees and it's kind of been the biggest frustration of mine in preparing them for their journey. And it's these, these changes in application requirements without allowing time for the students to actually properly change that for themselves. It's we've done, this has happened literally this past year. So I have a people I'm working with that are trying to apply to some of the Minnesota PA schools and they just changed their B minus on all prereqs to a B required on all prereqs, but gave them a year to figure that out. So now these people might have had a class that worked and planned their whole story and their whole schedule around it, but now ah. they have a year to go back and change everything and make it work if that class didn't meet a requirement. So for me, if I were to change something, I would say it had to be a minimum four-year transition period for all major requirement changes. Otherwise, That'd you're really just putting all the stress on the students who are already overstressed because of the system that's in place.
1: I completely agree. I have a personal example of this because I was in college during COVID So some of my classes were switched to pass fail. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I got to choose and say like, no, do not switch my class to that. But my statistics class, he was like, half the class is failing. We are switching all of you to pass fail. So that way I can pass more of you kind of an idea. Statistics (laughs) is a requirement for three of the PA schools I required to. And they decided that this year they don't care about COVID anymore. It's not an excuse anymore. Because now it
2: doesn't matter. Now it doesn't exist.
1: Exactly. And so every time I like stumbled into that, I was like, I can't apply to this program that I loved anymore. And so I actually ended up applying to two of them anyways and just said, whatever, I'm going to try because I love these programs. And then I sent them an email separately and was like, hey, this is what happened. This is why it's a pass grade instead of a letter grade this is the grade I would have gotten. I'd really like to be considered still. It was during COVID. It was a terrible time. I had no control. And here's the proof from my professor himself. Like, look, I seriously had no control over this kind of an email. One of the schools went back to me and was like, we don't care. You're rejected. And then the other one came back and we're like, okay, we'll still consider you. So that Hmm. is horrible.
2: It's I terrible. Think
1: that's a horrible way to run a program, honestly. It's,
2: <laughs> and it's it's just incredibly frustrating. And, and this is, I'll just speak from Augsburg's perspective. I think Augsburg does a lot of things right, but they're, they're not always perfect. And all programs need to be better about fixing this system that is broken. Um, But one of the things that they just changed is they changed all the requirements to being paid patient care hours. That's the only thing that they'll Stop. accept. For their system. Yeah. And so there's a lot of people that have been volunteer patient care hours for years. Yeah. And now suddenly all those hours only count as, volunteer Volunteer. healthcare experience. They don't count as patient Mm. care experience anymore for that program. And that is something, and they have their reasoning. And we actually, we interviewed our program director at Augsburg on our podcast. So if you want to hear their reasoning, it's, it is a good reasoning, but when you consider from the pre-health perspective, it added a ton of stress to people that weren't prepared for that without giving them enough time to adjust. And it's many of the reasons why my own pre-PMNTs can't even apply to the program I have the most connections to. Uh, So it's been, it's definitely been a little bit of a challenge. So, to me, it's a grander scheme things. I, I, I believe programs are making changes to make it easier for them and not necessarily always thinking about what it's doing to the students who are already stressed out. And you guys heard in my mission at the beginning, one of the biggest things I try and fight is the mental health crisis that I think exists in the pre-health yeah. world. The the amount of anxiety, depression, and even suicide attempts that exist within the pre-health population is absolutely astronomical. And it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I, I just, if this is the, this is my soapbox. I stand on, this is like my biggest heated thing, but
0: I'll join you.
2: Okay, good. I have so many people I work with that will come to me after they do their process, or they receive a rejection or something. And they will basically tell me that they're a failure in their life. And it bothers me so much because I see this person as someone who spent their entire life working for this moment, investing in themselves, passing incredibly hard classes that a lot of people can't pass. And then they'll get all the way to the end after all that work and then think that they're a failure because they get one rejection because nobody's told them that this process is just that hard and it's just going to be that way. So that was actually leading into my next answer here, talking about one of the things I would change. And this is not at the programs. This is at the the pre-health students. You got to normalize some of this stuff a little bit. This process oh, yeah. is hard. You might be rejected. It sucks. I've been you there. Will I have my rejection letters. <laughs> I have them all on the back because they're reminders to me of to keep working hard. But fighting through that self doubt, and I know this was a recent episode you guys just did, but fighting through <laughs> that self doubt, fighting through that imposter syndrome, that is probably the hardest part of being a pre health student on the way. But yeah. if it doesn't work, it doesn't mean that you are bad. If it doesn't work, it just means at that moment, it's just not your time. So go find something else to make yourself better. My greatest moment of growth in my life was following my first rejection from PA school. That is when Mm -hmm. I actually became the person that then was successful in PA school was in that year of my life. So it's all about perspective. So that's the other big thing I would change if I were to choose is pre l students believe in yourself, okay? It is normal to not make it right away. That That is a common thing these days. And it does not mean you are a bad applicant. It does not mean you're a failure. It just means it's not your time yet. And keep fighting.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Seriously, I love that soapbox. And I would only add, don't be afraid to go to therapy. Don't be afraid to see a psychiatrist. I proudly take anti-anxiety medication every single day, and I'm happy I do. Don't be afraid of using resources to help with your mental health when you're going through this. The whole undergrad application process, everything throughout this process Mm -hmm. is some of the most challenging things you'll face in life. Once you graduate and you're in your career, you did it. You're there. You're great. Mm-hmm. There are other things life will throw at you, but none of it will test you as much as I think applying to a graduate program will. Exactly. So don't yeah. be afraid to rely on those things if you think you need them.
0: I know. I have therapy today about med school.
2: Heck yeah! My <laughs> wife's a therapist, so she's mine.
0: <gasps> oh <laughs> man, that's, that's awesome! awesome. <laughs> Dang. I know. I didn't do the jinx. We do that Does that mean I well. owe you a Coke? Okay. <laughs> I,
2: I would love a Coke. I'll take one.
0: <laughs> well, well, Ryan, it's been such a pleasure to have you on. Um, you are awesome. And thank oh, you thank for everything you. you're doing for your pre-PA mentees and pre-health students around the globe and pre-PA students for now in the, in the States, but hopefully around the globe soon. <laughs> We've well, got Ireland.
2: It's hey, my <laughs> yeah. I have an Irish background. I'm so happy that they're the one of the first ones. That's great. Um, yeah, but no, I honestly, I'm incredibly honored to be here. Like, the amount of work that you guys do and the, what you've been able to accomplish. I mean, you're still in, You're not, I know you just made your program, but you're not in your program yet. Like, I'm someone who has a lot of knowledge because I did it. I'm just so Thank impressed you. that you two are able to do what you've done and reach people and help people while still focusing on your own journey. That's incredibly impressive. And so like I said, I'm, I'm the honored one to be here and maybe a little bit of info if I have it for you all. And I'm just, it's, I appreciate you both for helping a lot of people. You're changing a lot of people's lives.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, where can we find you in your podcast? (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
2: So we got a couple places. We're still kind of trying to build that aspect of the podcast where I'm, I'm not a social media person. So I'm trying to find somebody to help with that process. We do have uh, an Instagram. I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, but pretty much if you search vitally stable on Instagram, you'll, you'll pretty much find us right away. Um, we do also, you can email us at Podcast at gmail.com. That's our direct link to our actual podcast. I'm working on getting my own direct email. Um, but that's kind of in the works. So more to come there. Um, But I will say with this platform, I talked about the pack. I'm actually looking for more people for the pack. We're trying to grow Mm. the group a little bit. So just as a message out there, if there's anyone who wants more of a direct kind of true mentor or community of pre-PA people, it's kind of a smaller knit group where we work together. Feel free to reach out to the podcast. Feel free to reach out to me and maybe we can join in this in our community that we got growing over there.
1: Yeah.
0: That's amazing. That's awesome. Yes. All right. Well, I'll roll the credits. This podcast is produced by Ari Rosenthal, Lorelei Edmonds, and Aditi Colange. You can find our conference on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at National Prehealth Community or MPHC 2020. You can also find our podcasts on Instagram at Prehealth You can find all of our events, including our upcoming research symposium Sunday, October 22nd, at nationalprehealthconfconf.org. And please like, leave a review, or tell one friend if you like our podcast. Thanks for listening, and see you next week.